I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Com Report. Wherever you get your podcast, you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. Don't forget, I'll be doing the live stream show with Ram Weinstein, the voice of the commanders at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, Tuesday night. Then I'll have a keys and prediction to the Cowboys game on Thursday. Woo-hoo. So don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. Going to have a story up on Thursday. Talk to Jackie Taylor, Sean Taylor's daughter. Going to have a big story on her. She earned a, a Division I volleyball scholarship, and she's trying to carry on the legacy of her father with her own athletic exploits and how she's embraced that legacy, what it's been like for her with that. So um, impressive young lady. So anyways, that'll come out Thursday on ESPN.com. So look for that at that time. I'm going to get to some of the film review in a minute. I'm going to go over some Sam Howell stuff, some running back stuff, some negative big play stuff, all sorts of things. It's Listen, we all know there was a lot of bad from that game. I'm not here to sit there and go over every – I'm not going to sit there and nitpick on the offensive line because we know that guys have to – they're going to be replacing a lot of guys. We know they need some help there. Um, Sam Howell's part of the future. A guy like K.J. Henry, is he part of the future? Brian Robinson, part of the future. So I'm going over a lot of those guys. Benjamin St. Juiced, part of the future. So I'm going over a lot of those guys because they're going their growth and development matters to the future of this organization where beyond just – these final six weeks. Anyways, before I get to that, I want to go over a couple things. One, we went, we met as I'm, we met with Ron Rivera on Monday. I'm taping this late Monday night. Um, and we went, you know, just weekly press conference. And of course, his job status is going to be coming up over and over and over again. And I think this is something that, to be honest, I think this is something he can handle. He's handled a lot of crap here over the last three and a half years. Things that are probably a little bit, um, I mean, this is something I think that he could handle. And now it's going to be, you know, do you want six weeks of that, of answering the same questions? I don't know. It'd be, it'd be, it might be tough for me to handle, but I think for him, what he, the way I think the way he views it is he wants to finish what what he wants to get to the end line with this team this year and just try and hand it off, whether it's to himself or he continues or to someone else, just to get it in the best place possible in their minds. Um, I know from the ownership perspective, they are reluctant to make any sort of a change right now for a lot of reasons that we've already talked about. Nikki and I talked about this after the game on Sunday. If you want to hear our thoughts, you can go listen to that. Um, and nothing's really changed. So I don't need to go over the whole, all the reasons why they're reluctant to do that. So we'll just stick to, to, just the fact that right now he's still the coach. He's going to be the coach. You know, I don't know what happens if they lose in a big, bad way on Thursday. 
the, the, do the owners make a move? I don't know. I don't know that. I just know that the desire has been to have him see this through this year and then, and then make a decision. So, and I, you know, um, so we'll see enough said on that. We'll get to that. You know, I'm sure there'll be plenty of times, plenty of time to talk about that in the future, but it will be a topic going forward. And I think the only thing that he can and should say is the focus is on this game. The focus is on today. You can't start focusing on that. You can't, you know, the question is you can, you can't break over any of these questions because then that's not going to be a good look either. Anyway, one of the things I found interesting that he talked about is some of the maturity comments. Now, I don't think he feels like this is an immature team. You know, now two years ago, I think that was definitely a feeling because he talked a lot about that in training camp. But this time there are some guys I think they feel like still need to mature. And I think some of this you see in the way maybe they celebrate every pass breakup. And, you know, I think that's um, his, his comment on that was, you know, you celebrate the big plays, you celebrate the interceptions, the touchdowns, the this, that, but just the plays where you're supposed to make are the ones that just get back up and make the play. And it's funny because in, um, you know, I, I don't think, I think that sometimes it's a young thing, but like Manuel Forbes, He's had his struggles. Now, I think you want to build that confidence and you want him to play with the kind of swagger that he likes to or needs to, but make the plays first, make some big plays, and then celebrate those. And I think St. Juiced does a lot of that as well. Those are the plays you're supposed to make. Make all the other plays too, and then you can start to feel, then then you'll have a lot more reason to celebrate because, and I'm going to get into this in a minute, some of the plays they didn't make lead to big plays or lead to big situate or big negative situations anyway the other part of that game is you can't win when you have six turnovers i know the last one led to the final score you know the final touchdown um but five the fact that they had five turnovers or actually had the ball with a chance to win is is an indication of just how bad the giants are and yet the giants are five two and one against this team since 2020 and i think it's 17 36 17 and 36 against everybody else in that time. It's, it's truly, truly amazing what they've done. Um, I, you know, it's funny because with Chris Rodriguez had a fumble, which surprised me because he's really good at protecting the ball when he's going through the hole, always getting two hands on that ball. This time it looked like he was bracing him. You see his right arm come off. He's kind of bracing for the fall at the end there. And then O'Karaki comes in and just punches the ball and just a good job by a linebacker who I think is an outstanding player. But that was one where I was surprised that he fumbled because he's really good at protecting the ball. Um, Logan Thomas, he's had this he's a couple times this year, and that's that's got a that's been a killer. The killer for these with the fumbles is that they really were in driving or in a good spot, and then you have Byron Pringle fumbling the opening kickoff. You it was a good kick return. You're going to have the ball in a good position and a fumble. So like those three plays were as big a play as any in that game. You look at, the, and, and, you know, those, that huge difference, obviously the interceptions of course were very bad. Um, the first one, the throw, he needs to lead Deami Brown out a little bit more across the field. Cause that's where the room to throw is. That's what he's got to do. He's had a couple of times this year where that's been the case where he hasn't been able to deliver that pass. The other thing on that play, Logan Thomas shouldn't be there. I think he's got to be out, be cutting outside. Instead, he draws the safety over there. Could have, could have really mucked it up if their throw had been better. 
Um, now, so, but that was the three there. That was just not a good throw on that one. And he's got to be better. And, um, you know, so that was, that wasn't, that wasn't good. It's a first down play. So you don't want to see a turnover on a first down play. It's not like it was, it was a long, it was, would have been like a, a punt on first down. How's that? Does that make you feel better? I didn't think so. The second one under duress, um, looked like the arm was impacted. Um, certainly up for grabs, not very good. Again, that was the third down. I think it was third and eight, something like that. Um, it was like a bad punt. How's that? It would have been like a 30 some year punt. But if you make, if you either throw the ball away, cause you really didn't have something there, then, then you can maybe have Tressway boom one. Maybe you're pinning him inside the 20 instead of giving him the ball at the 35. And I think, you know, it's funny because there are a couple of times where I felt like I wondered if, you know, we saw those plays against New England, some of those terrific, like, how did he do that type throws? And this is the other side of that equation sometimes where you're trying to force things because you've made these big plays. And so you force it a little bit and um, it ends up to be a big negative in the, in some of those situations. But anyway, the third one, he's trying to throw it out of bounds. And it's funny because that's what he said after the game. Now, during the game, when you're watching it live, I thought he was trying to Logan Thomas because it was almost a perfect, perfect pass to him. But it turns out he's trying to throw it out of bounds. And so that's an unfortunate play. The other, the other impression from that game is Dexter Lawrence is fantastic. And I think he might be, the most disruptive defensive lineman that they faced all year. He controlled them. That dude is responsible. You know, he's as responsible as anybody on that new, on that giants team for both those wins. Because he destroyed them in the first game. And that part of the reason they made the change to Nick from Nick Gates to, to Tyler Larson is because of stoutness inside. Dexter Lawrence is a, is a, just a great, great player. He is playing at an all pro level this year and the change did not help. Um, he still controlled that game. And what I really like about him, first of all, he's very strong. You watch him get, he keeps his hands in tight a lot of times, gets you, gets you, gets inside your chest and gets off there. But he also, I feel like he was a, he's a very unselfish player as well, because there are a few times that he's setting up Thibodeau with some stunts and he is taking guys out and it just frees up Thibodeau. And so to have a guy like that inside is tremendous. And I think he's, I, you know, he's having an all pro year. He is, I mean, that's all there is to it. He's, he's been very, very good. I like what Wink Martindale, how they create some of those pressures. It's fun to watch. You know what I mean? Um, and just the way, you know, you, they have some athleticism at linebacker with Simmons and, you know, obviously Thibodeau is a great athlete on the outside and is um, where there's three point or two point, but a key, big key is Lawrence and, you know, just, they're, they're going to run all sorts of different things to get pressure and to free guys. And I think they do a great job of that. And sometimes you'd have Simmons lining up over center or over the right guard, and he's doing a loop all the way around the other side. You got guys coming inside and blitzing off that. It's like you, you're basically trying to so you almost have to be a traffic cop inside and just keep your eyes going, but, but it causes you to lose awareness and it, it really gets you at that. I think it also sped up Sam Howell, but I'm going to get to that in a minute. Um, running backs thought they were much better. I thought the run game was pretty good. And I will say this good timing, because I think the, the shot you have to have on Thursday is I know they like, I know we all talk about throwing the ball, but I think it's going to be really, really hard to sustain if you're dropping back 50 times against this, this defense on Thursday, because I just don't see it. You're, you're going to be, 
the, the, the Cowboys do a really good job with movement up front too in some games, et cetera, that I just, if you're having trouble with what the Giants did, you're going to get destroyed by what the Cowboys do. So you have to be very smart, but I can get into that keys and predictions, but it's why I think it was important to see that run game start to work a little bit better um, than, it, than it has been. So I thought, I thought Brian Robinson ran with a lot of patience for the most part. There are a couple of blips in there, a couple of times where you talk to people like, oh, you know, you got to, he bounced this thing a little bit too early or whatever, stick with this run. And it's an eight or 10 yard run versus a two yard run. However, I think for the most part, you saw the patience that he ran with these. I'm going to put up an example, a play where he has, he does a good job pressing the hole. You see it on this particular play. He's going to kick it to the left and it's going to get up like six, seven, eight, ten 10 yards. I think it was eight yards on that one, but he breaks a couple of tackles, just a good solid run. But it, you press the hole, you bring guys in, you cut, that's how you do it. And I think you started to see that he had an 11 yard run in the first quarter. Just again, very good patience and a good cut on a little split zone run. Um, he had a couple of times, he had some jump cuts um, and he did a nice job setting up some blockers at times with that patience. So you, if you, you show that patience, then the blockers got a chance to get to their guy, but you're also sucking guys in and causing them to, to hesitate. And there was one, a six yard run. He has a little delay, presses the hole, cuts to the right. And you have um, Lawrence with a foot tackle attempt, doesn't get him, but he gets a good uh, Robinson finishes with a good six yards, 18 yard run around left end, really like this one gets up, presses the hole. Well, causes O'Karaki to pause that allows Charles Leno to get to him. And then that opens up the outside. So that's what the, the, the benefit of being patient. And it felt, it felt like Robinson was really running well in this game. And again, I think for Thursday, it's what you're going to have to do if you want to have a prayer in this game. So um, how much you do, we'll see, but I think it's definitely something. And again, I talked about Rodriguez. The, I think he ran pretty well too. The funny thing is like one of the biggest plays that he should have had was off the screen game because there was one screen that was, they threw to him on the left. You have Chris Paul and Larson out front. You have one linebacker there and they couldn't block him. And if you block him, it's a really good run, but you don't. So it's not. And so it's just another, you throw it on the pile of, you throw it on that missed opportunity pile, which is going to create a bonfire for this team at the end of the year because there's a lot of misplays on that bond on that on that pile. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
There is so much to be thankful for. Family, friends, food, and NFL football all week long. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. No matter your appetite, there's something for you. Money lines, parlays, props, live bets, and so much more. You name it, they've got it. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KIME, K-E-I-M. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL Thanksgiving action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code KIME. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Hey, Jay Henry. So I, I actually, you know, and Ron Rivera singled him out in his um, press conference today, or excuse me, uh, today, I guess it is because it's still Monday. So he singled him out today on Monday just for some of the plays made pretty good pass rushes. There was one play in particular that that was a good um, veteran type play. And it was there's just, the, the tackle tries to cut block him but he does a good job just kind of step, you know, not allowing him to do it, push down, jumps up, almost gets the interception, which is, but it was just a, it was a play that Rivera was talking about as far as like where the coaches thought it was just a good, almost like a veteran type play. And if you remember when Ryan Kerrigan was a rookie, I think it was, he made a similar type play, but he picked it off, returned it for a pick six. And that was back in the day when things were a lot rosier than they are now. Anyway, so that was a good job by Henry. I thought he did a nice job. Now, what kind of a player can he be overall? I, I mean, I think this is what the next six weeks will be help determine is what level can he, could he maybe ascend to? Is he just going to be kind of a quality backup rotational guy? Probably. Um, there are sometimes in his pass rush where it looks like he kind of, he really kind of turns a lot and, and ends, ends up um, losing because of that. You just, he rounds off some of those rushes a little bit too much. And so I think that's something he's going to have to work on. But the more you get on film, you can watch yourself doing that. Because sometimes when you round yourself, you're just losing power and you're turning, you're kind of squaring into the guy, into the blocker and you're making it easier on him. So I think that's something he's going to have to work on. But again, the more you get on film, the more you have a chance to watch what you do. But he did make some plays. He's had a couple, um, he's had a couple plays now in a few weeks. So that's that's a good thing for him and for them. And, you know, again, the question is, is it, can he be a, what kind of a, can he be a strong backup for them? Is, you know, is that, is that what his ceiling is? You know, I don't know. So a couple of things on some of the big plays too, that was a lot, especially that 40 yard touchdown run. That was pretty bad. So the one thing that is, was noticeable on this, on that 40 yard play, um, first of all, it's not Kendall Fuller's guy. So that's if you watch him, he's kind of in, he's he's off to the outside. That's just you you can't you're not going to expect him to cover him in that that receiver in that situation. You're just not. He's not in position to do that. So you need help. So what you what you saw there right before the snap is Percy Butler was was shouting something. He kind of making a gesture and he's shouting something to 
you know, up in front of him, you have Cam Curl going with the motion guy. You have Danny Johnson on the right covering. And I don't know that Johnson heard heard the call because what, what should happen is that he's going to stay back and cover the guy coming across. And then Kendall Fuller's coming over the top to help with that. But you have Percy Butler taking the guy, I think it was Hodges, number 18, going up. And so like then everybody's got it covered and it's and it's just you know no, no harm, no foul. And you you may get him for a sack because maybe everybody's covered. But that's what happens there is that you so but again it starts with Butler. Butler's trying to communicate. Clearly the message didn't get through because it it was it was messed it didn't get executed. So for whatever reason. And you know, or you know, I don't know it, you know, I just know that that's what happened. And um it's it's unfortunate because it leads to another huge play. Then you have and actually Butler, to be honest, has actually been kind of playing fairly well the last couple of games. The hard part is I say that last week he had the missed tackle on the long touchdown run, which was a killer. But aside from that, but aside from that, it's actually been been much better for him lately. And and I think you know that play again was not on him and it was not on Fuller. Um and and again, I don't I'm not necessarily, I mean, that would if if the call is heard then I think Danny Johnson knows what he's supposed to do. It's just that there there's sometimes there's some confusion out there and you have to keep asking yourself, why is that? So we all have our own theories and you know, what bottom line is it keeps happening and it, and it shouldn't. So, but on that one, the safety's trying to communicate it just didn't get hurt. Um, the other big play that this is one where it's the first drive of the game or, or one of the early drives, I think it leads to a touchdown third down and 13 you have, um, St. Juiced, it's a three, it's a one by three set. So you got one receiver on, on the left, you got three on the right. And St. Juiced is covering inside the number two guy, the, in, the inside receiver on that, the guy in the, the middle receiver. And anyway, on the so on the play, I'm, I'm pointing this out because you know that there are three guys on that side to your side. So you know that there's a, t- so the tight end goes over the middle. He's a, just a valve. He's about two or three yards behind the, in front of the line of scrimmage. Again, third down and 13. Well, that means you, you know, there's no one else in front of you. So what does that mean? It means somebody's behind you. And so St. Juiced on that one gets a little bit caught up looking at the tight end, who is really not a threat here, because if he, you drop a couple more yards, and it's a third and 13. He's still, even if he catches it, he's starting with the ball 10 yards from the line of scrimmage or from the first down marker but you've got to protect what's behind you. You've got to drop a couple more yards, but his eyes get caught looking at the tight end. It's not, as we say, look at your work. That's not the work for him. Cam curls there. You, you, if you drop two more yards, then you're going to be able to rally to the ball. So that's something where, again, it's a lesson, but you got to know that by now, that guy's not the threat. The threat is always behind you. And especially in a situation where you can rally to the ball, you've got to be aware of where you need to be. And, and the other problem on that one, not enough pass, not enough pressure. Now they did sack him nine times. So there was a lot of pressure on him, but that particular play, not pressure, no pressure. And if there is quick pressure, better pressure, you're checking it down right away. You rally, you get off the field. Instead, you complete a pass over St. Juice who gets caught looking at the tight end where he shouldn't have looked. Now, now you're on a touchdown drive. So that, that was just, those are the little things that have to stop happening. So when you talk about details, that's it. That's just a detail. And, you know, again, why does that keep happening? You know, at some point, like we, we can always blame coaching, but I know what you're, you know, I, I can sit here and tell you, this is what you're supposed to do here. Your job now is to go out and do it. So there's an equal blame. There's a, there's a blame all around here 
But the, but the bottom line is you're saying as you're saying this, I'm saying the same thing. Doesn't matter. It keeps happening. Get it fixed one way or another. That's the job. The Adventure Park at Sandy Springs Holiday Sale is here. Save 30% or more on climbing and zip lining gift certificates, season passes, axe throwing packages, and more. Our families have enough stuff. This year, give the gift of experience and adventure. With eight different levels, 16 courses, 250 climbing obstacles, and over 4,000 feet of zip lines, there is something for everyone. Visited already this year? The courses evolve with the trees around them so each experience has something new to offer. Named Best Amusement Park in the DMV two years in a row, this is an opportunity you won't want to miss. This is their biggest sale of the year and purchases never expire. While the sale runs until Christmas Day, the earlier you buy, the bigger the savings. The perfect gift for families, coworkers, and friends alike is waiting for you at www.theadventurepark.com slash kind. That's www.theadventurepark.com slash kind. And that's K-E-I-M. So let's get to Sam Howell because that's that's the guy that matters most here uh, in the development of the for this franchise for him, etc. One things I thought that I that I thought happened in this game for him is that he played a little bit quicker than he has in in some of the recent games, and that's a byproduct. This is one of the things when you get have the pressure that he's had on him in terms of pass rush that it's natural at some point to get sped up. Now. I haven't seen him sped up like this in other games to this. It wasn't like it was boom, 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 right? But there were a couple of times where I thought the decisions that he made would have been different had he been a little bit more patient with himself and a little bit less quick, right? And whereas last week, there were a couple of times where I thought he got rid of the ball a little bit early but not with any damage or, and it still would gain yards. It's just that there were a couple of things that maybe you could have gotten 15, 20 yards on, but here there were some chances where like, yeah, that one was not, it was not the same thing. And it was a little bit quick, quicker than he probably wanted to. I think that first pass in the red zone, if you remember, it was a first down where he sent, he throws it to, um, to Logan Thomas. That's an example too, where you get to that drop and boom, you're out. The problem is that the ball's, on Logan as he's turning, which is fine, but it's low and inside. And he just, he was not ready for it. So I think, you know, that's one where you just take a little bit, not quite as fast on your, on your drop there. And you got it. The other problem with that play was when you read the linebacker and he's coming over, that means the backside guy is there. And that was Curtis Samuel would have been a touchdown. And, but again, I think it's still a touchdown to Logan if it's at a little bit better pace and rhythm and the pace and the rhythm of the pass game against the giants just never is there. And I think it's just that, that there's a disruption up front that they just can't handle, which is why you have to be concerned for Thursday. And it's why they're going to get, they're going to have to invest a lot in this group in the off season. Um, all right. So a couple, there were a couple of times too, um, where you know you you maybe you hit your plan step and then there was one to Terry McLaurin where it's like you hit that plan step and you gotta kind of hitch a couple times. 
for a slant inside? And, you know, are you just getting, do you feel sped up because there's rush? And I don't blame him. This is, this pass rush has gotten, got to him in New York, of course, six sacks. And it's the first time he's faced a team like that for a second time. So I wouldn't be, and I think Wink Martindale kind of can get in your head a little bit with things. The funny thing is they, they sent, in the first game, they sent five a five-man pressure, five elite or a five-man pressure 22 times. This time it was only 10. So it wasn't like they were doing a lot, but you can screw with the guy's head and, and make you know, you can show some things and get them to think that you're going to do it and maybe back out of some things. You send some overload. So it's really a four-man rush, but an overload, and that can get you sped up as well. And I think it all kind of had effect at times, at times, not completely. It's not like how, listen, this is Nikki and I talked about the game. It's not a linear progression here. It's a, here's another game to put in your bag that you can learn from. Here's another game you can put in your bag to learn from. And you start to learn, like, what are you learning from all these? What are the constant themes or or common themes throughout these games? It's not a, oh, okay, today, you know, you're not writing your journal. Today, I learned this and I'm going to be better here. Well, there are things you can learn from it but it's usually just applying its pieces of the puzzle, pieces of the puzzle here. And, and you just, you get another one. It's like, okay, take a, you know, get, make sure you're getting to the proper, to your plants up at the proper pace. Now we'll also say sometimes the receivers are going, are, are not running it at their pace too. There's one time where there was like three receivers in an area where there were like two guys kind of could cover you. And like, that's never acceptable. But a lot of that is the release off the line, how you're coming off the line, and and the pace you're supposed to be going at. If you're all going the same pace, you're all going to get there at the same time, and it's not always the good thing. So, um, and it leads to a clogged area, and that's details of the game. And you know, one of the things I thought with with the enemy that you know, we heard a lot about details and how it's going to be better. I think there are some things that they are, but it's not it's not clean it's not clean that's why there's just there's more that this group has to go through or that there's more that this group will go through but i think the rest of the season really is about what what can this offense do can they get will they get better if so where um and i think this is one of the things there was a bubble a bubble that um well it looked like a bubble but it really wasn't to pringle to the right side and i bring i put bubble in air quotes because it looks like a bubble, except that the two receivers that side who normally in a bubble would be on a bubble would be blocking. It was Dotson and McLaurin. They're running routes. So I don't know why how went to him right away. Cause it almost looks like then, okay, is this just a safe, is this a swing pass safety valve? But it didn't, it, the, 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 uh, it didn't, didn't look like that's where he should go. And in fact, you have, Dotson breaking open over the middle. There's a good pocket. You have Dotson coming over the middle. Would be like 15, 20 yard game, but he's open. He's going to be open. And it's not just because he's thrown over here. You see the linebacker reacting like there's a gap that he's getting to. It's a well-designed play. So I'm not sure why Howell went there so fast because it wasn't like the rush dictated that he needed to get rid of it now. And that's just one where maybe you're just sped up a little bit mentally and, and that's the result of it. Um, and by the way, the, and that play, the next play, it's a sack. So then that kind of disrupts the drive. So it's again, throw down the missed opportunity bonfire that we're going to have at the end of the year for this season. Um, then, you know, but I mean, that's, that's what happened because the pass of Pringle lost like two or three yards. So not a good sequence, but it starts with just 
don't you don't need to get rid of the ball that fast at not not every time especially when there's no rush and especially you read you see that look and 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 Dotson's going to be open um <clears throat> I mean, last series, there was one play where he throws it away. There's, I think it was like a first down. He throws it away, out of bounds. This one, he does get out of bounds. Again, there is some pressure coming, but you have Logan Thomas over the middle. And if you get it to him, because he's open and there's it's in your vision, you get it to him, he may get 10 yards. He's crossing midfield. There's still, at that point, if he would have crossed midfield, maybe gets to the 45, there would have at that point when the play started, it was like a minute and 19 seconds left. So there had been more than a minute left when you get there. They did not get to that point until there were like 29 seconds left. That's how long it took to go from here to here. And if, if and it's some of it, you know, throws it out of bounds. So he saved himself that, which is fine. But again, Take a minute. You got it here. The pocket, the pocket didn't suggest that you had to do it right now. I just think that sometimes they just sped it up a little bit. And the funny thing is, I don't worry about how Howell gets affected by these games because he's always bounced back. And people there do not worry about him. I think they are convinced that they have their guy. And, you know, I, I think these last four weeks are an example of why you want to see it take some time. Let it play out. You don't need to make a decision now. His decision isn't going to be made. The decision on Sam Howell is not going to be made today, tomorrow, Thursday, or Friday. So it's going to be take these 17 games. What did you see? What do you like? How do you evaluate it? And whoever's coaching next year will then make the decision. I mean, again, if it's this staff, if it's the enemy, it's going to be this kid. If it's if it's someone else, who knows? Because we don't know what a new GM or a new coach would like or want. But you give, you know, just see how it goes for 70 games. You don't measure a guy by three games, by four, by even 10 or 11. You measure it, go for the course of the season. Let's see where he goes. And it's worth watching as it goes. Now, the other thing is, it's the same thing, you know, it's the same thing like Thursday against Dallas. They're going to have a really good pass rush. So it's not like it's all on how, like everything rests on him as far as, well, if, if he doesn't do well, it's all his fault. Well, that's not the case because there are definitely times where he bails them out because, you know, Dexter Lawrence gets through and he sees it and he steps over and he gets away from it and he gets 20 yards. Shoot, the, the touchdown run was a hell of a run. And, you know, he's able to squeeze up inside there. So there are a lot of plays that kid makes, even in a, in a, in a, in a bad game for this team, there are definitely some plays that he makes where you say, okay, you know, that's, there are always flashes of good and and you saw it, but some of these, some of these ones that haven't showed up as much certainly showed up the other day. Um, yeah. And the, you know, but the funny, the other part is on, on the touchdown drive late in the game where Dotson scores. I, first of all, I really like that play because you got some, you have Thibodeau starts rushing inside. How keeps his eyes up, just kind of steps a couple cup, takes a couple steps to his left keeps his vision and put himself in a better position to make that throw to Dotson on the out, you know, in the corner of the end zone, just a front corner of the end zone, just a really good throw, but a nice job by how eyes up, step, boom, bullet. And it's just a nice, accurate throw. Had a good ball to Deami Brown, a few plays, several plays before that, that Brown drops. And listen, I don't, you can't say he's going to score on that, but I do say he's going to have a chance to, if you break one tackle, which he's a bigger he's a bigger receiver, so he can you know relatively compared to what, but for them he's a bigger receiver. But he's got some strength, so you break through that. Now it's a touchdown. Now you just saved yourself maybe a minute or so off that clock, 
and you know that's the result but it was he but he just dropped it so um not not good for him so there were you know there were like i said with how there's always going to be good stuff we, we know his toughness we know that you know there's um yeah again the good ball to to dotson and you know he, some nice slants to McLaurin. I mean, but by and large, though, I, what I want to talk about with this game was was the um, some of the quick, some of how the rush I felt like sped him up. And is it just this team? Because the Giants have done this twice now to him. As whereas, like Philly, he wasn't like that. But the Eagles have a different pass rush. So I'll be curious to see what happens. This is why I'm curious to see what happens Thursday with him. Not you know from win loss whatever, but just how does he respond to that game? Just from Three interceptions. Um, we can we can look at each one and say why. Bottom line is there are three interceptions. <clears throat> so, you know, how do you come back from that? And then how do you handle that pass rush? It's not all on him, but it does impact his game. So I think it's all worth watching, all curious to see. There's a lot. It's like it's, one game doesn't change how you should feel about a guy in a in a bad way. I mean, if people are saying, see, I told you so, well. You know, he played pretty well the last few weeks. So Sunday wasn't his best game. Where does he go from here? It's all part of the learning process. If you make a decision, I mean, listen, everybody can make up their money, you know, can have your own opinion. However, just be patient because it takes more than half a year, 10, 11, 12 games to really fully accurately assess what you have in a guy, good or bad. Now, if you're just lights out, CJ Stroud is lights out. You know, that guy is different. Sam Howell is still developing. They're not at the same, you know, CJ Stroud is a damn good thrower. Um, Howell is a very, can be a very good quarterback. They're different styles, but, you know, in different skill levels. So that's why I say like for Howell, just because one guy's doing this doesn't mean they all should be doing this. What Stroud is doing is very unique. I think what Howell is doing is more typical. And there's a lot, to, listen, I'll tell you what, man, I take him every day of the week over Kenny Pickett. So there are a lot of guys to like, with him that you would like um, that you like him ahead of in this league. And so I think that's why, you know, see where it goes from him over the next six games. Anyway, that's it again. I I'm going to end my little spiel there. So that's it for me. I appreciate you tuning in, still having an interest in what I have to say about the on the field product and, um, or just some of the film stuff. We all know it's bad four and seven. That's what they are. I'll be back Tuesday night with Bram Weinstein, the voice of the commanders, 7.30 Eastern time live stream. Join us then. Bring your angst, bring your questions, bring whatever you want and bring a drink. Have a drink Have a drink while you're listening to the show and have some fun because right now, ain't a lot of fun, folks. So I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>